congregation and friends and family. The, in due respect to the family, I do want to say that the scripture reading and also all the songs have been selected by the family. And so let us then begin with the singing of Psalter number 292. Psalter number 292, and that will be in the Psalter book. There's another book that is as well the Hymns of Grace, but the Psalter book 292.
Let us engage the Lord God in prayer. Let us pray. Most holy, high, and majestic Lord God in heaven, we come to you in this afternoon hour in order that we may honor you, in order that we may plead your presence with us, in order that we may receive comfort and consolation at the loss of a dear sister in the congregation. We do pray that you would grant to the family and to our brother Gare particularly that you would grant him and them all that they stand in need of at this hour, that they may be strong in the faith, that they may experience the riches of your grace, and that in it they may see something precious of the Lord Jesus Christ. As our dear sister, who has now passed away, had such fond things to say of him. And Lord, we thank you for this, because we have a reason to look upwards, a reason to be positive, we have a reason to give thanks to you, for you are a God who provides. Grant that as we read your holy word, we may be affected by it in a positive way, that your word may do wondrous things in our hearts and in our lives, and that the explanation of it may be of such a nature that it may receive your blessing and that there may be a positive response to your word. Bless each one of us, grant that there be no distractions, and that in all things you would have the praise and the honor. And Lord, when we ask for this, we ask at the same time that you would keep the evil one far from us, that you would grant that each one of us may recognize that we are in a holy place, and that we may conduct ourselves in such a manner that befits this place. Grant also that we may be encouraged to seek forgiveness of the sins of the past and of the presence, and that we would know what it means to be forgiven in and through that precious sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so bless us richly, O Heavenly Father in heaven. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. We will now turn to scripture reading as we will read, as I indicated already, a passage that the family has selected and is to be found in the book of Psalms. I will read in your hearing from Psalm 91. Hear God's holy and precious and inspired word. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, for it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eye shalt thou behold, and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. 
They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So far, the reading of God's holy and precious word. We now will sing again. And this time we will use the other book, the hymns of grace. And we will sing uh, Amazing Grace, which is to be number 89. Number 89, Amazing Grace. And let's do all five stanzas of Amazing Grace. Congregation, Diane, the beloved wife, 
of Gary, mother, grandmother, and great-grandmother, went to be with her Lord and Savior at the age of 87 years old after a disabling time of Alzheimer. As it was announced in our bulletin this past Sunday, and let me just quote it, following a stroke, Diane passed away early Thursday morning. She was a precious member of our church family for many years and will be deeply missed. We are very grateful that Diane knew the Lord Jesus Christ and died an heir of his salvation by faith. Now, Diane was in church yet about a month ago, I believe, and she had an affecting smile, if I may say it that way. It affected me and it affected the people around. She had an affecting smile as I greeted her yet and bid her welcome to the congregation. Gary, her loving husband, has been at her bedside steadily and has read to her from Psalm 91 time and time again for both his own comfort but also for the comfort and consolation and encouragement of his dear wife, Diane. Although her dementia caused her some dark periods, Diane could sense a measure of comfort during some light time periods as she heard the sound of this precious psalm read by her beloved husband. And may it also bring a, a good measure of comfort and a good measure of consolation and encouragement to us as well and to you, dear family, as we will consider just a couple verses from this particular psalm, Psalm 91, that is the verses 1 and 2. And so let me read them for you. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. Now let me briefly meditate with you on those particular words, their people, under the title of, and it is printed out in the, uh, in the flyer that you have here, a place, a protection, a profession. A place, a protection, a profession. Now, what is this place where Gary and his wife, Diane, could find such comfort? It's a secret place. It's not a place that is familiar to everyone. It is not a place that is very popular with everyone, like some some famous tourist resort. It is, in fact, a place that the world knows nothing about. It is a place known only to those who know and who love the Lord. And although it is a secret place, it is a place that is revealed to us in God's holy word, that is, in the Bible, the word of God. It is a place that is identified as belonging to the Most High and to the Almighty One. It is a place, therefore, that belongs to the Lord God. In fact, it is that secret place that can be called the Lord God Himself. Believers like Gary and Diane, they have found this secret place that is the Lord. Or let me be a bit more precise yet. The Lord God, through his word and spirit, uncovered this secret place to them. In other words, he made himself known to them at a time they may know. He made himself known to them, and it was a precious thing that happened. He showed them, therefore, his care and his love for them, and as such, they found his care and his love for them to be very comforting and to be very consoling. Now, the secret place could also be called near to the heart of God. 
as it reminds me of a hymn that explains it so beautifully. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God, a place where sin cannot molest near to the heart of God. There is a place of comfort sweet near to the heart of God, a place where we, our Savior, meet near to the heart of God. Gary and his dear wife Diane, they found that secret place near to the heart of God. And in that secret place, the two of them, as an aging couple, found their communion and fellowship with their Savior, Jesus Christ. And how precious it is, dear people, dear congregation, when husband and wife have found this secret place. And as we grow older, and especially as we may grow older together, this secret place that is near to the heart of God is the place to be in order to be comforted and to be encouraged and to be helped on as we go on in a journey in life. It spells wonderful things for us. It spells genuine fellowship and friendship with his blessed Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, as a small application, may I ask you, have you found this secret place already? Whether you are together or alone, have you found this place already? If not, call upon the Lord Jesus to reveal that place to you, even now. Because it is the best kept secret place and the best place for you and for me, whether you are young or old, whether you are single or, or married or widowed, it is the best place to be. Why? Well, because of its protection. Now, we know that this world is not a safe place to be in whatsoever. Not for anyone. It's not a safe place, really, for unbelievers either. But certainly, it is not a safe place for believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We know this, don't we? You and I, we know the dangers that we are surrounded with. And I don't think I need to spell them out for you in any way. And therefore, we need protection. We all need protection. Now, some look for protection from rather unreliable sources. But this secret place of the Most High and Almighty is a perfectly reliable and comfortable place of protection. We read that believers will therefore abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's part of the text, isn't it? And we are thankful, therefore, when there is some shadow, when there is some shade, when the sun shines brightly and burningly, as we have experienced this, especially this day or in the last number of days. Finding a place of shade, a place of shadow, helps in dealing, therefore, with the burning heat that we sometimes have to experience. Well, now, this, this describes for us one way in which the Lord provides protection for any believer who has found that the secret place near to the heart of God is there for him or for her. You may abide, therefore, under the shadow of the Almighty. Another encouraging sign of protection is given in verse 2 of our text, of the Lord being a refuge and a fortress to his people. Now, you know, you and I, as Christians, are all, in a certain sense, still refugees. Oh, we may have lived in this land for a long time, but in a certain way, we are still, all of us, refugees. We are told in the Bible, for instance, that we are to flee. And I want to give you a few examples as well. We are to flee from the dangers of falling into sin. We are to flee from that. We are told to flee youthful lusts, 
2 Timothy 2.22. We are to flee sexual immorality, 1 Corinthians 6.18. And we are to flee from idolatry, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 14. And then we read yet in 1 Timothy 6 verse 11. And, you know, we, I give you these texts because I'm, I'm speaking straight from the word of God. And you, O man of God, flee all these things. Now, as such, we are therefore refugees, aren't we? We are refugees looking for a place of refuge. And what better place to flee to that secret place near to the heart of God, who is said then not only to be our refuge, but to be our fortress. And that fortress is an impregnable fortress. No enemy can get at you whatsoever once you are in that fortress. Yet another and a very tender description is given a few lines just past our text verses and is to be found in verse 4. There we have that unique description as the Lord describes himself as a mother hen which has her chicks under her wings and covering them with her feathers. What a beautiful, what a heartwarming picture that is. Oh, we can picture it, can't we? We can see it somehow. Here is a display of matchless love and of divine tenderness, dear people. Well, this is then a description of the protection that believers may have when they have found and when they have been uncovered and discovered to this secret place with the Lord. The Lord, in his great love and in his tenderness, protects from all that could harm us, especially the harm that the devil wants to inflict upon us. And I believe that Gary and Diane found such protection with the Lord, haven't you? We know that. And especially as our dear sister Diana became vulnerable because of the Alzheimer's and her attacks of dementia, the Lord, in his tender love and in his compassion, took her home, took her home to be very near to the heart of God. For her, the secret place is now a perfectly suited place for her. A perfect shadow, a perfect refuge, a perfect fortress, and a perfect covering. Perfect, why? Because of the fellowship with Jesus Christ that she enjoyed with her husband in this life. Well... This leaves us to say something yet, not only about a place, not only about a protection, but also yet about a profession, a profession. And our text, as it were, puts that profession on our lips. Our text presents us, as it were, as a speaking believer. I will say of the Lord. You see, a true believer in the Lord Jesus Christ cannot really remain silent all his or her life. Now, you may be the silent type. You may be the quiet type. But there comes a time when you will be called to speak up. Now, we know Diane was not a vocal person, and neither is Gary. But when it comes to professing the Lord Jesus Christ, it could be heard. It could be heard. And when it comes to the church, therefore, or rather, sorry, when it comes to the crunch, believers will profess their faith. And our text shows such a profession, doesn't it? I will say of the Lord, what? He is my refuge and fortress, and get this, my God, in him I will trust. There you have the profession and confession. 
And there, people, this is a profession, this is a confession which all of us, young and old, need to learn. That is, if we haven't learned it already, which would be to the praise of God. This is a profession that we cannot and we must not avoid whatsoever. The profession, my God, in him I will trust. What makes it possible for such a profession? Well, it is the love of the Lord Jesus Christ that is poured out into our hearts. The love of the Lord Jesus Christ will then have become very precious and very comforting, particularly because of the sacrifice that he, Jesus Christ, once made on the cross of Golgotha for sinners the likes of you and me. And in response to this loving sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, we therefore would want to confess him and profess him. Now our catechism says it in such a beautiful way, doesn't it? He puts, the catechism actually puts the profession right on our mouths and in our lip, on our lips. My only comfort in life and death is that I with body and soul both in life and death am not my own, but belong to my faithful Savior Jesus Christ, who with his precious blood has fully satisfied for all my sins and delivered me from all the power of the devil, and so preserved me that without the will of my heavenly Father not a hair shall fall from my head. What a confession that is. That is the Profession of comfort in the Lord Jesus Christ, being owned by Jesus Christ. And such a profession, dear brothers and sisters, can and will be heard from any believer because they have found that secret place near to the heart of God and experienced the protection they needed. Dear family, And friends, have you learned to confess this already? Has this become your profession? My God, in whom I will trust. It's a gift, and God wants to give it to you. This very confession. My God, in whom I will trust. Have you found already what Diane has found and what our dear brother Gary will continue to promote, no doubt whatsoever? May you therefore be comforted in your loss, dear Gary and family, as you find yourself in that secret place that you have chosen to have spoken about that secret place near to the heart of God and be well protected for life and for eternity. Amen. We will sing, and again we will sing from our Psalter book, from Psalter number 248, the stanzas one. Two, three, and four. Two forty-eight. One, two, three, and four. And after the singing, I invite a family, or perhaps one or more of family members, to present us with some family memories.
represent the family memories is now invited to come and speak right into the speaker. Good afternoon. My name is Trevor. I am the oldest grandchild of Diane Myoma, and I'll be sharing a eulogy, a story of Oma's life uh, written by my mom, for the most part, um, for you. Um, I grew up in this church till I was around grade seven or eight, so it's pretty nostalgic to be back here. It's also comforting, in a way, I'm sure, for everyone involved. Um, so I'm going to be using terms written from the perspective of my mom, because she was the one who wrote it. Mom was born Johanna Berardina Vreeman in March, March 9th, 1935. She was the only girl somewhere in the middle of a large family with seven brothers. So she became her mom's, her mother's biggest helper in their large, large farmhouse in uh, Alton, Netherlands. She learned to be tough with all her brothers around and she hoped to one day become a nurse. This was not meant to be as back in the day, brothers were educated first. But mom was determined to do something special in her life. She convinced her dad to let her go to seamstress school, which, where she excelled. She had to make her own patterns from scratch and then make the outfits, which when we look back were pretty amazing and we wish we had kept them all. Mom met dad. When they soon fell in love, they decided they would come to Canada to start a new life. Two of her brothers had already done this, done, came to Canada. Uh, Dad went by boat across the ocean, sponsored by his aunt and uncle. Mom followed a year later by plane, which people remarked this past Saturday was probably a good thing or she would have had major seasickness, so that was a blessing. After Dad had been working a while, they were married in the Chatham Free Reform Church on May 12th, 1961. And she made memory lifelong, many lifelong friends through their years in Chatham. Before getting married and for a while after, mom put her seamstress certificate to good use, working in St. Joseph's Hospital, sewing all the nuns' uniforms. She was always a quick one, our mom. And one time the headmistress told her she was an excellent seamstress, but she needed to slow down because she was making her co-workers look bad. We can all imagine mom's puzzled look, thinking, well, isn't that a good thing? She didn't really know how to slow down. The hospital is where she met her and dad's lifelong friends, Corey and Adrian, who also came from the Netherlands two years before them. Corey worked on the baby floor and helped mom improve her English. And to give you an idea of how close they were, when I was growing up, when we were all growing up, all the cousins, we always referred to Corey as Aunt Corey. She was always a perpetual part of the family, even though we didn't really realize that she wasn't actually related until we were older to understand that thing. So they're very close. Over the next 10 years, three girls and then two boys came along, and their family was complete. Mom had a strong worth ethic and performed many jobs over the years. Field work of all kinds was often part of it. She picked peaches for a farmer on River Road, on the River Road in their first home, as well as tomatoes, cucumbers, and beans over the years. She had a large garden herself, canning hundreds of jars of beans, peaches, pears, beets, applesauce, jam, and more over the years. And to this day, I still remember the, how much I love the canned peaches and canned pears whenever we have our own. I'm always reminded of Oma's cans in her basement. 
that we would eat. One job she truly loved and was very gifted at was babysitting. She was blessed to raise 25 to 30 of the neighborhood children over the years. This was, of course, in addition to her own five children. They all loved Mummy Rusink. She found it quite hilarious when these kids would throw little hissy fits upon being dropped off by their parents for the day. And as soon as they left, Mummy Rusink would say, Okay, I think that's enough, don't you? And they'd look at her and stop crying immediately and go run and play. Years later, when she retired from babysitting at the age of 62, many of these grown-up kids came to celebrate her retirement with her. Through the years, Mom kept up her sewing skills, and that machine of hers would be buzzing constantly. She made almost all of her kids' clothes, as well as her own and even some of Dad's. For years and years, every time Brenda heard the machine, she would run into the dining room to see what item of beauty Mom was making at that time. Every time Evelyn heard that machine, she ran as fast as she could in the other direction. And there's no expansion on that, so you can ask her later if you want about what that was about. Um, Mom also helped many a bridesmaid create their dresses for their special days. Mom was a wonderful cook on a budget and could work small miracles with hamburger. Her meatloaf and meatballs were something special. Her Dutch meatball soup recipe still gets many compliments whenever Joanne makes this for her company. As a family, we took mostly day trips. Our happy memories are of Saturday picnics at Rondo Park or Mitchell's Bay, and often Storybook Gardens, which is a few minutes down the road from here, actually. A rare treat was going out to McDonald's with Aunt Corey and Uncle Adrian after Brian's soccer games, and occasionally we had a KFC day. Niagara Falls was the big local activity whenever any Dutch relatives came to visit. We did take one big memorable trip as a family when we were all quite small. Brian was still a baby. We went to Holland for mom's parents' 45th wedding anniversary. It was a fun trip full of memories of babbling to our Dutch cousins who we couldn't understand and who couldn't understand us either. Overall, it was a great trip, except when two-year-old Eric took off chasing who knows what at the airport and dad had to rush after him before he boarded a different flight. One of mom's favorite games was Scrabble, and all of us kids have played hundreds of games with her over the years. Later, if none of her kids were available, she'd start a two-player game and play both sides. Mom had a deep faith in God, as has been evident throughout today's festivities. She instilled this in her children with her dedication to church and ensuring her kids always knew their Sunday school work back in the day. Even as dementia took so much from her, her faith remained. She loved to listen to the old hymns with dad, which was very calming for her. Mom loved to laugh, and even at the end, her sense of humor and love for her family remained. She enjoyed all her kids' visits and was very happy, always happy, to hear a good story. Her laugh was contagious and often got us all cracking up along with her over a silly story or joke. There's so much more we could say about our dear mom, but in conclusion, we just want to thank you all for coming and sharing this day with us. We are sad for ourselves, but at the same time, we rest assured in the eternal hope of Jesus and know that mom is in heaven rejoicing with her Savior. Thank you for the family memories and how sweet it is to hear such beautiful things. Let us now sing again. And again we go to our songbook and we will want to lift up our voice, How Great Thou Art, which is hymn number five in this book.
O Lord our God. We have been able to sing it, How Great Thou Art. And Lord, it is beyond the human language to express your greatness, your majesty, your holiness, but also your loving kindness, your faithfulness, your tender compassion. Lord God, we thank you that you have been with our dear brother Gary and continues to be with him and his dear wife, Diana. You have taken her home, and Lord, she is now in a place of joy and able to look upon the face of the Lord Jesus Christ and the glory of God. And no doubt, there is also great singing as well. And Lord, we look forward to joining her one day. And we pray therefore for our dear brother and his family, the children, the grandchildren, the great-grandchildren, that you would work mightily with your Holy Spirit in the hearts and lives of each one of them, that they have a strong desire to find that secret place that Grandma and Grandpa found, and that they may find it too. And Lord, we do pray that we need you to go with us on our way. We pray for our dear brother Gary. Uphold and strengthen him as the days and the months of loneliness will begin to set in and as he no doubt longs for that secret place. Will you make it true for him? Help him. And be with the family. We thank you for the family that surrounds this dear father and grandfather and great-grandfather. Continue to do so and help them in every way. Dismiss us now in your favor. Please forgive any and all sins that we have committed in word, in thought, and in deed. And grant also that as we receive some nourishment, that your blessing would be upon that as well as it has been lovingly provided for us. And grant, therefore, that as we sing once more, we may do it to the praise and honor of your glorious name. In Jesus' name alone. Amen. And so we sing, It is well with my soul. After the singing... We will let the family go first, and then all of you are invited to come downstairs for some refreshments, some food and drink. Let us then sing from number 407 in the same hymn book, number 407, It is well with my soul, and let's do all four stanzas. <laughs> 